This is Structured Rambling, a podcast about ideas from literature and about literature. Episodes can focus on a single text or a theme from multiple texts. My name is Paul Sonsby. Welcome. believer that any song where a beat of the vocals goes is a good song. Ah, Good God. Good God, y'all. Get down. Hi, everybody. This is Paul. This is Structured Rambling Podcast. I don't really watch regular TV anymore. I don't even stream enough anymore. I like I watch Netflix and stuff like that sometimes, but not enough. I'm not saying there's an amount you should watch. Uh, I'm usually busier reading or marking or writing or creating podcast content. But I don't turn on the TV and watch the TV news as much as I used to, and maybe as much as I should. I get my news from reliable, vetted, publicly funded online apps and news sources and websites, and they have their video content with them. But I remember growing up being quite a super fan of Knowlton Nash and Lloyd Robertson and the ilk, but, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I guess I, I, my content comes in different ways now. I recently suffered a non-podcast-related injury, which has seen me going to the doctor every couple of weeks for a checkup and spending a fair amount of time in the waiting room watching CNN. I was in that very waiting room the day Vladimir Putin invaded the Ukraine in a special military exercise because ever since World War, good God, too, we have not referred to wars as wars. We call them special military actions or police actions. The Vietnam War was not actually a war. It was a, uh, a police action. Um, a special military action, invasions... Uh, we don't declare a war, we declare none too happy anymore, or something like that. So when I go in for these checkups, I see images of war every day, every time I go there. And like most of you, hopefully, all of you, I'm sure, and like everybody who lives through something like this, I find myself asking questions. What does this mean? Where will this lead? Why is it happening? 
and why do I have to live through it? Well, to summarize Gandalf's advice to Frodo, everyone who lives through times like these wonders why and wishes that they didn't. But what matters is what we do with the time that is given us. I don't think anybody wanted to come out of the, the well, I'm going to call it the end for lack of an argument, but I don't think anybody wanted to come out of the end of a pandemic with a war, except Vladimir Putin. But you look at those beady eyes, and if you have the same set of values as him, I worry about you. The world is weary, and now we see a re-escalation of Cold War tensions. Good old death and destruction and lies, lies, lies. You sort of get punch drunk. And it got me thinking. Now, this might seem like a bit of a shift, but this is a podcast about literature and ideas and the people who make them. And even before little Vladdy made his wannabe Stalin play, I'd been thinking about writers and war. So many great writers infamously experienced war and the hardship in there through conflict and loss. Ernest Hemingway served uh, in, in, on the Italian front in World War I and was wounded. Um, he, was, he wrote and, and followed, uh, although he didn't fight, in the Spanish Civil War. Um, he was a correspondent from France during World War II. And in that time, in that place, he met J.D. Salinger, who, uh, was, who fought in World War II from D-Day to V-E Day, uh, serving in some of the most brutal battles in the European theater. Tim O'Brien made his name uh, from the stories of his days leading up to, during, and away from the Vietnam War, which we call it colloquially, even though the Americans never did. Um, Francis Ford Coppola and Oliver Stone gave us some of the most important films set in the Vietnam conflict. And for both of them, this was an act of catharsis because both of those men served in Vietnam. Even Hunter S. Thompson made it to Vietnam for some coverage, though he never left Saigon. And the closest he came to the fighting was hearing the cannons as the North Vietnamese Army closed the ring on what would someday be called Ho Chi Minh City. Say what you will about object objectivism, but Ayn Rand was inspired by what she saw in the corrupt, fledgling Soviet Union, the brutality of the purges, and the wrongness of a dictatorship claiming to be a collective, inspiring, inspiring her to leave for the United States, where she would write Bible-length novels about, well, about a capitalist's wet dreams. The question I ask is, must a writer experience tremendous horror, conflict, to write well? Must the writer see world-shifting events in order to be able to write about what it means to be human? J.D. Salinger thought so. He was overjoyed to be sent to World War II, and he had his experience he would spend the rest of his life traumatized by that experience. He wrote one of the most important novels of the 20th century. And he was angry and haunted and isolated right up until his death. Worth it? 
Hemingway and Hunter S. Thompson committed suicide. F. Scott Fitzgerald drank himself to death. Ayn Rand published fiction and philosophy that shows a particular allergy to happiness. Of course, capitalism and objectivism will do that to you, but that's just my opinion. J.D. Salinger felt he needed war, and it broke him. He was emulating Hemingway, who, besides war, also loved hunting, fishing, drinking, boxing, bullfighting, womanizing. He's the macho egotist of writers, Hemingway was. The man's man of words. He's the emblem of, to write, one must live. Of course, this asks you to ignore a, a sexual confusion and gender ambiguity that many of his biographers have explained to quite convincing degree. But I'm not here to get into that. It does make you think about what was repressed. After World War I, Hemingway and Fitzgerald, who, who, was, who was in the army but never got to the fighting, um, and, and many others, hung around Paris and toured around Europe. This generation that followed World War I and sort of lived for the moment in reckless abandon and nihilism through the 20s were known as the lost generation. A generation that follows a war is lost, is broken. Um, it's not a compliment as good as the, the texts that came out of it were. I don't know that we needed to know they suffered in order to produce them. Great art has happened without suffering. And arguably, The Great Gatsby is one of the greatest pieces of American fiction, and Fitzgerald never experienced the true war to write it. Write what you know, writers are told. If you experience war or conflict, write it. But does war make the writer? Does war accomplish anything? Should writers born outside of war lament, miss chances? Well, sadly but luckily for chances, um, there's never been a time without war. Since World War II, we have not had a single year without armed conflict occurring somewhere on the globe. You can find it if you want to, just like Hemingway did with his two world wars and the Spanish Civil War. You can track it down. But let's get something perfectly clear. War, good God, does absolutely nothing. I'll say it again. War, good God, doesn't make anything. War is what humans do when they want to honor their ape roots because only when you've exhausted decent communication do you act like one monkey hitting another monkey over the head with a stick if you aren't a darwinist and you want to go with creation just crack open the torah look at the old testament the hebrew bible there's bloodbaths left right and center can't come to a solution you're not worshiping the right god i'll chop you in little bits and show you The only guarantee from a war is it will eventually lead to more war. 
But Paul, you say. Look at the great novels, the stories, the paintings, the films, the albums to come out of war. Certainly, you have to acknowledge the great art that war has produced. What would we do without a farewell to arms, on the rainy river, war and peace, saving Private Ryan, Apocalypse Now, Schindler's List, Platoon, the Charge of the Light Brigade, American Idiot, the Last Post, in Flanders Fields. We wouldn't have these without war. True, I say to you. But what war is, is just literal and large conflict. The nature of story. All story is conflict. A story comes from someone encountering a problem out of normal expectations. It doesn't have to be grand. Kurt Vonnegut fought and was captured in the Battle of the Bulge. He saw the city of Dresden firebombed. Anybody who wants to think that World War II was a bad guy versus good guy forgets the erasure of a city like Dresden or the firebombings in Tokyo. Vonnegut expressed his trauma in Slaughterhouse-Five, which critiqued those who celebrate war. He hated war. And he saw even a just war, like World War II, as without purpose. But the thing I want to bring up about Kurt Vonnegut, World War II veteran and writer, is he said you needed conflict to have a story. He didn't say you needed conflict on an epic scale. In fact, the best advice I ever heard Kurt Vonnegut, or read, Kurt Vonnegut give in regards to creating character is to say that every character must want something even if it's just a glass of water. That is not war. That is just simply, things are not as I need. And he was creative enough to write stories about people wanting glasses of water, or time traveling, or just simply being human. Being human does not involve war. In fact, war is our base animalistic behavior industrialized through humans. And so it is just us at our lowest. It isn't creative. Timothy Finley never fought in a war, and yet he wrote one of the greatest anti-war novels, The Wars. Bernard Cornwell, Margaret Atwood, James Michener, Edward Rutherford, Frank Herbert, Stephen King. Okay, I'm just scanning my bookshelves for names, but they all wrote of catastrophe human, catastrophic, human conflicts without necessarily experiencing them. In fact, a common thread in writers who actually experienced war and lived to write about it, or at least write about it analogously, is that those who experienced it can understand it, and they don't wish for anyone else to experience it. They understand that it's un-understandable. J.R.R. Tolkien saw the horrors of the Battle of the Somme. Then he created escapist fiction full of song, epic, nature love, and the resentment of industrialization, that which had made war a process, a factory. Many critics feel that J.D. Salinger wrote The Catcher in the Rye to exorcise the demons of his experiences of the war in Europe that Holden Caulfield is to be seen as analogous for a returned and traumatized GI. 
In the diary of Anne Frank, you read the words of a young girl looking to talk about anything but the reality that has led to her hiding in that attic in Amsterdam. War is not a source of story. War is not creative. War, <clears throat> good God, breaks and ruins, and its contamination stretches over decades. War is never isolated, and war begets war. Good God. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine can be traced back to the fall of the Soviet Union, to the Cold War, to World War II, to the Great Depression, to the Treaty of Versailles, to World War I, to the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, and earlier, to the Napoleonic War. In 1984, the novel George Orwell wrote of a society where a state of perpetual war keeps the populace distracted. It uses up excess resources, and it gives people something to focus on their hate on war does not help creators make it makes creators seek help therapy the only people who think there's a virtue and a forging of the human spirit in war have never experienced it or they'd know better the creators who write about war either don't know it criticize it or are exercising themselves and their own horrors as our world faces yet another war, uh, good God, I can only think bleakly of all the stories being erased or ruined by this, rather than the few that are being squeezed out, forged by blood and death. My personal philosophy is that stories are our single greatest commodity. And war erases stories and contributes to the formation of bad ones. Ones of suffering. Yes, life is suffering. But all the more reason for us not to add to it. To find new reasons to suffer. War is the single worst creation of man. And, to me, it's the antithesis of story. The world is weary, and I've had enough of Putin's derivative story. I hope it's over soon, because no one likes a cliché. War? Good God, what's it good for? I want to thank you for listening today, and if you enjoyed my podcast, please feel free to give me a rating and review. Episodes come out at the beginning and middle of pretty much every month. Have a great day.